Promotional consideration paid for by the following. I love my kids more than anything. Which is why mom keeps me clinically obese, so I won't run away. That's where Kate comes in. My sister's son got to 18 and just ran away. She was brokenhearted. Now me and little Joshua celebrate every day with Kate. He's my number one, and he knows it. Now he's not running anywhere. Why not celebrate with Kate every day? Celebrate Kate. Shut up and sit down. Well, hello, everybody, to a whole new world. It's me, Mr. Eric, and this is us here at Third Shift for episode 340. My freaking register's going crazy over here on Audacity, Matt. Let me tell you, uh-huh. this entire time, I thought the front was the back, the back was the front. Wow, what a difference in the world we have here today. It's insane, it's awesome, but that's not here, not there, because we've got to have ourselves a fresh, brand new episode, and with me today, before we get moving and grooving, it is the inglorious bastard himself, Mr. Matt. He's here today to have some fun with us on this awesome, awesome day. Hey, Matt, before we get talking about video games, what the hell's going on, how's your week been? What you up to, man? Well, let me let me also say, see, this is this is the one aspect you can't say I'm a bad friend because all this time I was like, maybe it's backwards, but I don't want to tell him and have him feel bad, so I, w- I just won't tell him. And then it turns out it was backwards. You should have just said so it. I, you should have said it. I wouldn't have felt it. bad. I because no, look, I because of my logic, I know, I I know was... how it is. When Eric Batten <laughs> runs into a technical issue, it goes like, so I was like, I don't want to stress him out. I don't want him to feel bad. I don't want, you said my recording sounds like crap and i got to fix it. For a bit. No, I was like, it's fine. We, no, we, if it was backwards, fine. that's because that's an easy fix, Matt. And then I don't even get, I don't even feel bad about it because I was like, well, I would think that the gain and volume level was the front, you know, because to me, that's what's important. But no, you're right. It was the other side, the mute. So I'm like, well, I guess that does make sense in its own way because obviously quickly if you want to mute, boop, boop, you can push the button, away you go. Well, see, here's the other thing, though. If that wasn't it, then you and I would both be stressed out going, why does it, why does it sound why does it suck? like it's not? What's, uh, what's going on? But <laughs> here's, here's so the see- deal, Matt. It already happened because <laughs> as soon as you said it, I went, you know what? I don't want to deal with it no more. I'm done dealing with it. So as I told Matt off air just before we even started the show, I went, I just bought a $400 Sure Cardioid podcast microphone. It's done. It's over. It's over. I did it. I just bought the super expensive, stupid crap that you need to make a great podcast and not have to think or do anything. So there you go. doesn't matter. Even though now this Yeti is doing just fine because it's on the right side, but, uh, you know, it's not here. It's not there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And now I'm going to have to, like, tweak your levels, like, down and, and crumble them up. I'll put on, like, the, uh, oh, like, FM radio filter that makes it sound real bad, and it's like, oh, well, I still sound great, but Eric, I, it's, Eric it's just sucks. sounds bad. I don't know why I don't it is. Know why. You're going to listen to it back, and it sounds good. What's going on? It's crisp. So crisp. So podcast business aside, on the real world front, I went and saw Creed 3. I think it was over the weekend. Yeah, it was on Sunday. Great time. I, I love all the Rocky movies. I love sports movies. I love boxing movies especially. This was great. I loved it. Uh, Jonathan Majors, the guy who plays the bad guy, great job. Phenomenal. That guy, The guy's been in like everything over the past couple of years, and he was great in this. Like the, the, the transformation from what he shows up as to what he finishes or what he turns into and then finishes the movie as – they seemed like three totally different people. It was great. It wasn't just, I'm just the guy acting, and I'm growly, and now I'm nice. And, you know, it was it was perfect. You could see him, like, disappear into those characters. So, great. There's one thing during the final fight, which I won't spoil. It was phenomenal. It got me, like, oh, it got me, like, leaning out of my seat. It was like, yeah, give me, give me some more of this. This is how I want that fight to look. Really well done. Really cool. Someone on the video game front, someone on the real world front. I did my due diligence which I should have done beforehand, but I didn't know we were going to talk about it. I went and watched that Starfield teaser vid that we talked about last week. And I got to say, I'm not, you know, I'm not over the moon hyped, but that got me way more hyped because in that little bit that you can see the guy playing in the background, you can actually see like running and movement. And when he's in third person, you see the guy running and it feels like running. And when you see it in first person, it's got the head bob in there. So it feels like running. And it felt good, and it felt right. At least, you know, 
from the 30 second clip that I saw versus I went back and watched the 10 minute gameplay reveal that we first got and there was no running. There was no head bob. So it just felt like I'm walking and I'm shooting and do 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 do. So in between those two, they at least got the running right. And like the over the shoulder, third person shooting, who knows if it'll be like this. Felt like Mass Effect Andromeda to me. So I got a little more hyped. All right, I'm hyped for some gameplay. Now I still need to figure out what the story is, what the exploration is going to be. So they did a good job on that one because I looked at it and I went, that feels good. That feels better than the last thing I saw. I don't know, small things. Speaking of small things, I beat a small game on my Steam Deck, which was Jack Move. It only ended up being like six hours. Good times. You know, I talked about it more on the last episode, I think. I had a great time with it. My only issues with it were one which is fun and one which is a little disappointing. You got to the ending, you do a thing, and then some characters go, all right, now let's take the fight and go even bigger. And it just goes, slam, jack move, game's over. I mean, oh, I really wanted to carry the fight and do something bigger. Hopefully a sequel's in the works. But then the thing that was the fun thing was... I got to the last area, and it goes, hey, game's going to be finishing up soon. Hey, make sure you're ready. Oh, by the way, you should definitely be at least level 21 if you want to do this. So I hit the little menu button, um, level 27. Pretty sure I'm going to be just fine, because that's how I play games. I fight every battle, and when I feel like I want to save up for some money, I turn those battles up to hyper mode, and I'm having battles every five steps, and I'm having a great time and leveling up like a wild man. So, great game. Lots of fun. Quick little bite-sizer. So, perfect for a Steam Deck. Before or after I did that, I played some more Like a Dragonetian, which is a ton of fun, but it's one of those games where I just want to run through the street and find all the sub-stories, and even when there are no sub-stories in the area, and I have a story mission off to the side... I just want to run through the street and beat people up and shoot them with my gun and attack them with my sword and throw them off the bridge with my brawler style and just have a lot of fun and just live in that world. And, oh, I got I got hit a little bit. Let me go get some food. All right, let's go around the town and beat people up again. And then I'll go to the bar and get a drink. I don't know. It's a lot of fun, though. But I feel like I'm not making any progress because I'm not because of all the fun sub-stories there are to do. So it's good. It's fun. Another thing that was good and fun these last two things I'll talk about, it's like a it's like a tale of of turnarounds. Because I started playing after I beat Jack Move. I went, what's next on my Steam Deck? I gotta play something. And for some reason, Enslaved Odyssey to the West was downloaded on my Steam Deck. And this is a game I've always felt like I should play. I've had like a connection to. Like I bought it on the 360 era. It's one of those games that critically acclaimed, everybody loved it, didn't sell well. So they were going to do a sequel. A sequel got canned. I don't think it's ever going to happen again. So it's always been one of those games when I see it, I go, man, I should really do my due diligence as a gamer and play this all the way to the end because I played it about halfway through and then got distracted and never never beat it. So I started playing that over the weekend and I beat it like two nights ago on the Steam Deck. And I started off absolutely loving it. And I was going to come on here and say, man, Enslaved Odyssey of the West 100% holds up. And granted, I'm playing it on a Steam Deck, so a small screen, so it's not like blown up like 12K, so I can't see if there are bad textures, I can't see them. But the art direction in that, for the first half of the game, incredible. It's that post-apocalyptic, everything's, the cities are overgrown with plant life and stuff, and there's mechs running around, and it just looks beautiful. Looks amazing. And I was going to come on here and rant and rave and go, man, that's the greatest thing. Oh, I can't believe it didn't sell well. I can't believe blah, 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 blah. And then I got to the second half of the game where you're just going through like garbage dumps and rusted metal everywhere. And I go, oh, it's not as fun anymore. And the storytelling, like, not that this is a big involved story, but the storytelling kind of falls apart because you meet a character and it turns into just like a, a comedy game for three chapters. And then the end comes, wham, it's over. And I went, what happened to my, my fun run-around game where I was doing tons of platforming and, and fighting mechs and having a great time in these beautiful, overgrown cities? Instead, I went to Garbage Land and went, ha, 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 there's a pig guy, and then it was over. So I wanted to be hyped. The game is 50 to 60% awesome and amazing. And the platforming still feels really fun, even when you're in Garbage Land. But I was just like, man, I just, I just wanted it to just keep going. Even just, don't even just level off, just go up a little bit. But it kind of just leveled off, and 
Then it ended. And I went, oh, man. But one thing that did cheer me up, I told you guys, we got only probably by now two weeks until the 3DS eShop closes. So I went on those videos that I told you about. Find some 3DS eShop exclusive games. What are the best ones to get? And I heard about a game called Pushmo. And I sent the video to Eric and I sent him the time code and I said, check out Pushmo. And I'll get into why this was another flip around game when I talk about it in my releases. Because it's my show and I do what I want. I don't care that this game came out in 2011. It's great. And while you're, it's available to get, people need to get it. So I'm going to talk about it later and why you need to get it. I'm going to throw it back to Eric. Eric. What'd you do this week? Well, before we get off the topic of what you're talking about there on that old Pushmo. Yes! I grabbed my 3DS. I said, you know what? I got to do it. Let's get on there. Let's check this out. I went and I charged it back up. I turned it back on and I went, wow, this 3DS is superior to the Switch. Mm -hmm. Why did we go to the Switch? This is better than the Switch. This sucks. Why are we letting this go? Why are we letting the 3DS die? This sucks. I was amazed from the second I powered it on, because the the game title screen comes across the top, Mm -hmm. and even those are all in 3D. And seeing that glasses-free 3D again, since I haven't seen it for like seven years or whatever, I was amazed all over again. Yeah. I went, whoa. This is cool. Playing these games I've been playing, it's it's incredible. This is so much fun. This is so neat. And the menus and how everything rolled out and how you had the top and bottom screen, everything was just fantastic. The only problem, man, is I went to Pushmo and I went... Buy Pushmo. It says, you have zero funds in your balance. I went, okay, well, add funds. Oh, you got to add a gift card. All right, well, I don't have one. All right, close out. Go over to Best Buy, digital, buy e-gift card. Bought the e-gift card. Boom, put on your Nintendo account. Cool beans. Yep, throw it to my Nintendo account. Pull this back up, reset. I'm going to go, all right, it should be there now. Let's go buy it. Insufficient funds. You got zero funds. I just bought $10 and put it on my account. All right, go back to the thing. I'll buy it from the store to put directly onto my 3DS. That's what I'll do. Click, 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 click. Hey, go to, directly onto my 3DS. Hey, you got to link your, your Wii U or 3DS system to this account if you want to buy anything. I have no idea how to do that. Okay, well, sorry. I'm going to put you down for now because it's about time to do the show. I could buy Pushmo. I tried to buy Pushmo, and I could buy Pushmo because it wanted me to do a lot of extra steps. I'll make you feel better. It's literally like two steps. You Google it. You go onto your Nintendo account. Oh, now that's it. If you are in your Nintendo account on your computer, you just go up there and there's like linked things. And literally one is a My Nintendo account. Mm -hmm. And you just put in your name and your password from your 3DS because it usually says, you know, loading Doc Funky for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you use the same password as always. Probably. And then it's like, it's like... Bam. It's just like that. It was so easy. I was throwing money all over that 3DS. It was great. As soon as I figured it out and linked it up, oh, so good. Yeah. I was just like, come on, man. Let's let me get this. And then, of course, while I was in there, man, I'm looking at things. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Breath of Fires are in here. Oh, the 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 Mega Man, you know, X-Series is in here. Oh, my God. Castlevania Dracula's Curse is in here. I could get all these games. And they're all on sale. Everything's on sale right now. It's all on sale. It's all on sale. Like 80% off, 90% off, 70% off, 50% off. It's all here. I could just buy like a million games and have, uh-huh. play 3DS forever. Just have a million games. Uh-huh. It was ridiculous. Turn this thing back on. Holy cow. It's insane. I've already got like 20 games for this thing that I've never beat and played. Uh-huh. <laughs> just like this system. This system. I tell you. I went and bought memory cards for Best Buy so I could fill them up so I would just have this infinite supply of games on this amazing nice. system. Oh, it's so beautiful. And, of course, I'm telling you, I let the kids play this. You know, I was like, hey, you know what, kids? Yeah, I'll probably never touch this again here. And they get chocolate all over it. You know, they've got oh. I'm like, nope. It's taken it away. <laughs> Your privileges are gone. I'm, I'm cleaning it off. It's going back to me. It stays where I am. You, you can't touch this no more. And, of course, I have that cool... Uh, uh, Mario and Luigi, you know, a little oh, yeah. one, you know, it has a little Mario Luigi team on it. So I, mm-hmm. I booted that game up and was like, you know what, let's play that because I never touched it. I never booted it up even once, even though I bought <sighs> it's it. so good. And I started playing it. It's like Paper Mario. Why didn't I play this? Am I stupid? What what happened? What game was I playing that pushed me away from that when I got it? And I know there was a game because I remember very specifically buying this because of a game. And then I started playing that and getting into it and then never got back to the game that came with it. So... Whole side tangent, whole side story, but either way, awesome. I can't wait. I will get Pushmo on there because, of course, after you sent me the trailer, I was looking at it, and I looked at another couple trailers for it, and I'm like, that just seems like fun. 
That just seems that's the bite-sized fun I need at work to waste an hour at lunchtime without just watching crappy YouTube videos that don't help me or do anything for me. This would be much better, you know, to spend my time on that instead. So I will have Pushmo as soon as I get onto this Nintendo account again and figure out, like you said, the password thing to link up the systems and call it a day. So that's what I did today. But that's not all I did today, Matt. I'll talk about the other thing I did today a little bit later, the big thing. But other than that, this week, let me see. Hmm. Wild Hearts. We'll start there. Wild Hearts got on with Shay. We got to a whole new area. We did a whole bunch of new stuff, opened up everything, went back and did like a lot of sub stories from the previous area while me and him were playing together. And then we logged off. And then the next day I said, you know what? Shay's always getting on after me. He's always, you know, getting through some new stuff, getting some new gear. I'm going to do it too. So I spent four hours playing by myself, just linking up with random people doing some of the uh, the the big quests and the monsters, just so I could farm materials to get the new gear. Flawless. Easy. It was in and out. You click the button of the monster you want to battle, and it just, boop, teleported you right off to a group. Didn't have to talk to him if you didn't want to. Didn't have to do anything with him. You hunt the monster down. You kill the monster. You got the rewards. It instantly, poop, pops you right back out into the main thing. No longer in the group. Away you go. Did it. I did it like three or four times for about two or three different monsters. Flawless. Never had an issue. Went smooth as all butter. Everybody playing, for the most part, was pretty smart. Some were even better than I was, which I'm not saying I'm great, but you know what I mean. Everybody was at least as functional as I was or better. Got to the monster. Did what they needed to do. Taking attacks. Hitting. Doing this. Maneuvering around. Had like zero deaths. It was awesome. What a great time. I'm just really liking Wild Hearts. Having a good time when I'm playing with Shay, you know, while we're chatting and talking and having fun, just killing monsters with the randos. It was a great time. I was able to just put up some Twitch streams, you know, and watch those while I'm playing and having a good time. And then, of course, the rewards, they're all there. You can still chop off body parts, get stuff, the environments, the monsters themselves. Everything's been fantastic. I've had nothing but fun with this. I was so tempted to play some more over the week. But because of this other game called Hogwarts, you know, Legacy there, I haven't because I'm like, I got to beat this game. I'm so close. I'm now at like 75% the way through the game. So I'm right there. And I'm like, I got to focus. I got to beat this game. I love it to death. I'm having so much fun with it. But I want to get it through because we've got a few games coming down the pipeline here very shortly that I want to move on to. So... I'm starting to crash through the main quests and the uh, the primary sub-quests. It's hard to explain. They, they'll come through as just side quests, but they're not. They actually like improve your friends and, and move forward storylines with those individuals, which, from what I hear, and I don't know about this for 100%, they influence kind of how the game ends. So you'll get like a different ending depending on uh, whose sub-stories you completed and, and the choices you made during those sub-stories. So I want to make sure I do those because I at least do want that ending, you know, an ending where I have the people I hung out with doing different things. So I'm focusing mainly on that right now. I did diverge today, man. And just today, I remember an article a long time ago how they said, oh, Hogwarts Legacy will have this quest that's like a haunted, you know, a horror story kind of, you know. I didn't know what they were talking about. I hadn't seen it. I thought maybe it was just the atmosphere of some of the things. Nope. Did it, I got to it today. I'm not even finished with it. But I found out what they're talking about. There's an actual like haunted house, crazy weird story where the, the mannequins and things are moving and, and, and behind you and instantly. And you're just seeing all sorts of weird things happening. Ghosts flying by. The room going completely black and opening up completely different. And you having to use your light to see. But then things change instantly. And this ghost talking to you and things change. It's really cool. It's like completely different from anything I've ever done in this game to this point. And it's just awesome. It's just a side story. I could have skipped this and never done this. And it's all tied to owning this shop and selling goods. And I don't know if it's going to come to fruition, but even if it does, that's awesome. Because you get this side story that's completely different from anything you've ever done in this game, which is this haunted house, weird, crazy thing going on. But at the end of it, it looks like I might be able to like take items I receive, you know, furs, uh, items I'm not going to wear. And then instead of just selling them off directly and just getting money, I'll be able to put them in my shop and then have my house elf sell them for an extra price to get even more money than I would have got for just dismantling them or, you know, getting rid of them. So it's a win-win for me. 
I can't believe just the stuff you can miss if you don't do those side stories. And it makes me kind of sad because I'm like, well, I don't want to do them all. I, I you know, I got to finish. But look at this one. I, I could have just skipped by this and just went and did uh, Poppy's and uh, Sebastian's quest and moved on. But I didn't for whatever reason. I was like, you know what? Let's do this one. Let's just do this one. And I would have missed out. And that's, I'm like, man, I don't know. Am I making the right choice? Should I just do the, all the quests? Just keep going and do this and make it last as long as it needs to? I don't know. It's a tough choice, man. I don't know. I don't know what to do on this one. But I got so many games coming up. And then, last but not least, Destiny Lightfall, Matt. We went in there. We smoked it. We've had a good time. I've been up and down on it. You know, uh, Jared, Chad, Vanessa, they're rocking and ready. They're already going into the raid, three-manning. They've got like two encounters down, just three-manning it. So obviously adding me in, that's a guaranteed two encounters, probably three, maybe more, if I'd get in there. But my light level has just been way too low. I don't want to go in there and just die and just be a hindrance and just hide in a corner and tag along. It's, you know, it's never been my style. So I've been spending these last couple of days getting on and trying to get leveled up to about, I think it's 1770 is what the minimum is. 1800 is what your, you know, the preferred light level is for that. Um, 1756, I think, as of today. Just today alone, I played for, or no, not today, sorry, last night. I played for 40 minutes and got like almost 10 light levels. So I'm hoping that that can continue. And then over the next couple of days, I can be ready to raid because I really want to get in there and check it out this time. I don't want to bail before the motivation hits to do it and then they quit doing it because they've already got all the gear. So we'll see how it goes. But I'll tell you, the uh, the strand abilities are really cool. Not my style. But if you're if you're looking to get into Destiny and the storyline, they're going to force you to learn it. I just want to forewarn everybody playing Destiny that if you want to get into the new Lightfall, you will learn how to use Strand, whether you like it or not. That's just the way it is. And there's going to be quests that force you to use it. So I'm kind of mixed on that because I wanted to go Void this time around, but they're forcing me to use some of the Strand stuff. Even though it's not bad, it's just not what I wanted to do. So I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of... You know, I get a little grumpy about it and then ooh, mopey and I just got to get my get, get out of my head about it and just enjoy the game for what it is. But that's what I've been up to. No movies this week. Nothing. I haven't even seen the Last of Us finale, so I can't talk on that. Just some anime stuff. That's it. That's been the week, Matt. Here we are. My week has been just what you said. What Pushmo should be for you, it has been for me. When I'm finished with my lunch and I have 30 minutes, instead of watching some dumb YouTube thing or something I've seen a million times before, I've been playing Pushmo nonstop. When I get in early from work, I don't, you know, hang around and go, oh, hey, how's it going, everybody? No, I go to the cafeteria and I play Pushmo until work starts up. And I'm talking about Pushmo, which was developed ages ago, 12 years ago. By Intelligent Systems, published by Nintendo, a 3DS eShop exclusive. And what this game is, it's a puzzle game. You've heard us talking about it. It's a puzzle game where you play as Mallow, who is this big, fluffy, strange character. All the characters in this world are these fluffy little... Kind of think of like Mallow from like Super Mario RPG. He's like a big cloud dude. That's kind of what these characters look like. And for the story, I guess if you want to call it that, Mallow goes... To Pushmo Land. Is it Pushmo Land or Pushmo Park? Anyway, he goes to this amusement park. It's full of Pushmos. And little kids are trapped in the Pushmos. And Papa Blocks, I think his name is, he made all the Pushmos. He's going to teach you how to do Pushmo things and save all the kids. But that doesn't really matter. What matters is the puzzles. And I'm here to tell you, if you like pushing blocks, I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to start with saying, if you liked Catherine, if you like Catherine Full Body, you have to play this game. That's why it resonates so strongly with me. That's why I recommend it so strongly to Eric. But if you like moving blocks puzzles, you have to play Pushmo while you still have the chance. Because basically the over overview is, you know, if you go into a stage, you're faced with basically like a monolith, like a, the big monolith from 2001 A Space Odyssey. But it's made up in all these different chunks and parts of bricks or pieces, like tetramino looking things. Some are like L-shaped. Some are just really tall. Some are these weird amalgamations. There's cross-type pieces and everything. And what you do is at one point at the top, there's one piece where if you pull it out, the kid will pop up. So it's your job to pull out, pull and push all these different pieces out of this big monolith to get to the top. And the basics of it, you can pull each piece out three steps. 
and that's how you interact with them. So if you pull the base stuff out three steps, then you can pull the next piece out once you jump on the base piece out two steps because you can't pull it out to the edge of the steps you're on. Pretty basic, you know. But what's really unique about it is not only it's the shapes, but it's the it's the side pull. So the shapes, if you think about Catherine, you're dealing with one cube at a time. In this one, like I said, if you pull out a tetra-shaped piece, you pull out the whole cross piece. You pull out the entire L-shaped piece. So you're maneuvering this giant chunk of the level, and then you have to move it in, move it back. You can't move it side to side. You can just pull it in and out, and then you can jump and hop and do all the stuff. But the beauty of it is, since you're only pulling it in and out, you can pull from the side. Because when you start, you just kind of walk straight up to it and you pull it out. But if you have like a cross piece or a tall piece, if you pull it out one level, as long as you have room to maneuver, you can go on the side and kind of shimmy it out. It's hard to explain. I, mean, I think Eric gets it because he can probably see like the, the hand motions I'm making. Oh, yeah. I, I understand what you're talking about. Yeah. But I would definitely say watch some gameplay, watch some trailers of this. But that changes the game. It changes everything about it. Like you look at the level and you go, okay, I, you know, the first three steps, you pull one out three, one out two, one out one, you can get up. But then how do you manipulate stuff after that? If you can pull one out and then you can get to the side and shimmy, 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 now that's all the way out. Now you can push things in from the side too. It's absolutely incredible. And on top of that, you have two different gadgets that I've run into so far. One which is called a pullout switch, where if you jump on it, with the color of the switches, it pulls out any blocks of that color all the way out. So if you can't get the blue thing out because you are on that, that one level, you can't pull it straight out, jump on the pullout switch, it chunks all the way out. And there was a beautiful example of this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read. I took notes today because I was so mind-blown by these stages because not only do you have Tetris-sized pieces, but some of these pieces are like the entire level. Like if you think of a, a lowercase e, maybe that like... That curve of that E goes around the entire, it goes all the way to the top, and it's the first layer on the bottom, and then it goes all the way in. So you're moving these enormous chunks of the level. So in puzzle 13-12, you're maneuvering the entire outside of the level. And then at one point on that big outside piece, there's a pullout switch for the blue color, which you can't, which you've been having trouble working with, because it's all the way inside. So you can't pull out past. The pink piece, which is the outside of the level, it's hard to describe, but just bear with me. But on that pink piece is the blue switch. So if you jump on the switch, it's like a blue X, and it shoots all the way out, and it pushes you right off, but you land on the other piece of the blue X that pushed you out. Underneath it is another piece, and then you can use that to climb all the way to the top. And then there's these little manholes, they call them, basically like little ladders. You can climb in the little red ladder on this one side, and you pop out the red ladder on the other side. That puzzle combines those two. You use the pull-out switch, it kicks you out, and then you can climb up to the ladder, which goes all the way up to the outside of the level where the kid is to save him. It's incredible. And just on a basic level, the next one, 13-3, you have a three-wide tower all the way up, all these crazy pieces and shapes. And you remember in Catherine, you could make it through a three-wide tower, but it was tough. Uh-huh. In this one... You can make it all the way to the top, but that top piece to get to the kid, it's one level higher than you can actually jump. But on the top there is one of those ladders. So you have to build this maze, basically, all the way up this three-wide structure to get to be able to pull it out so that ladder and the kid pop out. And then you have to deconstruct your whole way down the tower you just made to find the other piece of the ladder so you can hop in there and shoot out the top. It's incredible. I was going to come on here. This is why I said it's a a turnaround game. I was going to come on here and say, this game's great and I'm having fun with it, but it's not really that tough because the first few stages, which have chunks of levels in them, they're not that tough, but it's kind of getting you used to it. Then I started hitting the two-star levels. Now I'm in the three-star levels and they are brain burning. They're not impossible, but it's just that right amount of, I think I know what I'm doing. Okay, when you when it does the flyby of the little monolith, you got to go up. You're like, okay, I'm going to go here and here and here and here and here. And you do that, and you go, oh, but I need an extra space to be able to pull out the thing that I need to get up past this part where I made my plan. How do I do that? Let me backtrack and disassemble and side pull and use the, oh, it's so 
good. It's so intense and so cool. And if you're afraid of, about it being too hard for you, if you spend enough time in a level, you can press the start button and skip to the next one. So it will even, if it's too hard for you, you can just go on to the next one if you want. But man, this game has been a ton of fun. I am so glad that I watched those videos that said this is an awesome game and an awesome series on the 3DS because I'm so happy that I bought it. And it has a sequel called Crashmo and a, and a third one called Stretchmo. I bought them all. I bought them all because it's so good. If you love puzzle games, you owe it to yourself to watch some gameplays of Pushmo. If you like what you're seeing... Get on that 3DS, link it up to your Nintendo Switch account, get it downloaded, and play it, because I'm having the most fun I've had in a long time. Just when you get that solution, or even when you do that flyby, and you're like, okay, I'm thinking in Pushmo world now, so I know what I have to do. It feels so good. It's so awesome. There's over 250 puzzles in the first game alone. If you love puzzle games, you got to be playing Pushmo. I can't believe I didn't know about this sooner. Like, I said that last week about Jack Move, and this is 12 years ago this came out. Uh -huh. I had no idea. Thank God for those video people, because I'm having a, the time of my life with Pushmo. Well, soon I shall be too, Matt. In the meantime, folks, here's a brand new game coming out March 17th for you on the Switch. So if you ain't got a Switch, you're out of luck. But it's developed by Platinum Games and published by Nintendo itself. Hence why it's on the Switch alone. It is Bayonetta Origins, Reason Lost Demon. It's a prequel to the Bayonetta series, folks. You are Bayonetta herself, or before she was known as Bayonetta, Sriza, you're her as a child. All right, your mother has been imprisoned because she had a forbidden love interest with your father, and you get adopted by a witch off in the wilderness, and she's going to teach you how to be a witch proper. And there you go. You actually are kind of a coward to start out with. You're still charismatic and you're still fun, like, you know, Bayonetta ends up being in the in the future. But you're not brave yet. You don't know, you know, you don't want to have these crazy encounters. So she's trying to teach you what you need to know, this witch. And then, of course, you find out that there's great power in the Forbidden Forest. And you've got to go there. And it's a chance to, of course, get what you need to free your mother from her prison. And, of course, just move forward as a witch, you know, which is what you want to do in the first place. So you head there. But you find that you can't do it alone, so you have this stuffed animal, Cheshire, and you end up summoning this demon, and then you don't know what to do with it, and you can't send it back, so you put it inside of Cheshire, the stuffed animal, and off you go on this grand adventure, and it looks gorgeous, folks. It's like a storybook uh, setup, which I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a sucker for, even though I don't play many of them. I look at them, and I go, these are just awesome. I really love how it turns the pages and goes on to the next thing, and the artwork has that awesome storybook artwork going on, and then it tells the tale as it would in a you know typical storybook fashion, and this does just that. So once you've got your two characters, it's also that that scenario where you're going to control Ceriza slash Bayonetta with your left control stick, and you're going to control Cheshire with your right. What's really cool, though, is if you don't need Cheshire, you can have him go slim down into just the uh, the stuffed animal form, and then you're just going through controlling Bayonetta. But what's really neat is whenever you need him, you pop him back out. And, of course, they've got the duality of what they're good for. So Ceriza herself, she's good for going across, like, uh, limbs and things that the larger Cheshire couldn't do. She's good for, obviously, magic attacks, things like that, manipulating plants, all that good stuff. Whereas Cheshire, he's more of the elemental, big fire, you know, magic guy, buff, just, you know, straight attack damage. So you need to use those two in tandem as you're going through these different levels, progressing through the Forbidden Forest and challenging the uh, the crazy fairies that are there have gone, you know, nuts and they're doing whatever they want to do. So you have a whole bunch of light puzzle mechanics going on. And then, of course, a lot of combat between uh, Sriza and Cheshire. I hear the only downside is, of course, during the combat sections, when you're controlling both of them at the same time and trying to make sure that Bayonetta, you know, Bayonetta slash Ceriza is not getting hit, and Cheshire is there to help you know absorb damage and take most of the hits, you can get confused of who's who, and then you're running the wrong one into the wrong area to do the wrong thing. But the more you play it, the better you'll get at you know having your brain get wrapped around it and function through that you know whole the whole curriculum there. So I don't know. It looks good. The music. Thus far, from what I saw of it, was really you know charming. The voice acting was really cool because the storyteller like impersonates the different voices and characters. So it's that really fun, just 
you know, oh, I'm Trisha, even though, you know, she was just acting as the voice of Cereza a second ago. I found that to be really endearing and really cool. And then, of course, the story itself is just neat. It's it's Bayonetta before Bayonetta. So she's just learning who she is and what's going on. She's not the bombastic, crazy, you know, Bayonetta that we know and have played before. She's she's growing into that. And you just get to see, you know, her her uh, her charm and the and the sparks of what she will be kind of coming out as the story progresses. It looks like a lot of fun. Something I I, well, I mentioned I was kind of into, just wasn't sure about. But after watching a few reviews and stuff, I really do want to play it. But I just got so many things going on right now, and I'm like, damn it, this is this is another one that's gonna slip by, and I don't I don't want it to slip by because it looks fun. So I hope if anybody really likes Bayonetta out there and you got the Nintendo Switch and you got some time to check this out and you want a lighthearted storybook adventure with beautiful artwork and just some light puzzles, nothing that's going to get you going, you know, scratching your brain like maybe Pushmo will later on, this might be something to check out. I'm in the same boat as you. I really want to play this one. When I saw it, I absolutely wanted to play it. Hearing you talk more about it, I really, really want to play it. But especially on the Switch, I got such a backlog. Advance Wars 1 and 2 is coming out. I just got... Uh, Metroid Prime Remastered in here. Still haven't played No More Heroes 3. Still haven't played Bayonetta 3. Even in the Bayonetta series, I got a backlog of stuff. But this one does look like a lot of fun. Looks like a nice, charming game, like you said. I love the art style. So, man, I, I gotta get it, but like, I know. what I am know. I supposed to do? I'm, I'm torn on this one. I feel like I should just get it and give it to the girls for like an Easter present, so I at least have it under the guise of them playing it, even though they never will. Yeah, yeah. Because those little rascals don't play the games I get them, and it drives me nuts, but that's a whole other story. But at least this one would be kind of a cheat, you know, something I'll have for when I can get to it. But if they want to play it, of course, more power to them. And it is definitely a, it's definitely a story for kids. It's not going to be like Bayonetta of, of the time we know. So it is ah. safe for your kids to play and have a great time with. So maybe that's how I'll roll with it. And, of course, speaking of stuff that I should get to but never got to, well, the next little topic is something I finally did get to. Today is the day, literally, (laughs) I went, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to do it. I got the PSVR 2 system set up. I went ahead and, you know, charged the controllers this morning for a good hour and a half each. And then I moved it over to the main screen down here in the basement Plugged it all in there, and thankfully, God, thankfully, I had a, a spark of a brain when I put that TV up on that stand over there. It's an old stand, so it doesn't have the, like the high mobility and the cool stuff that a lot of the stands do these days. It don't come loose unless you like toggle both buttons, and then it just kind of unhinges. So you don't get to manipulate it or do much with it. Thankfully, when I set it up, I set an HDMI cord in there and then dangled it in and never used it. Nice. So I walked over there and I went, did I do this? Did I do this right? Or am I going to have to do all sorts of stupid... What's this? HDMI cord dangling. I went, gosh, thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric of the past. I'm glad you were thinking ahead to the the chance I might actually need an HDMI cord on this TV that I don't typically use. So I got it plugged in. Got it on. Got it going. Let me tell you, the setup for this thing is stupid easy. You plug it into the very front mat, put it on, turn it on. Pop in the game and goes, hey, you've got a PSVR 2 in your system. Do you want to set this up? I sure do. Well, hey, there's an update for your controllers. Do you want to update your controllers? I sure do. Click, click. Update left, update right. Okay, there's an update for the headset. Do you want to update the headset? I sure do. Click, update headset. Okay, do you want to turn the headset on? I sure do. All right, click the power button. Okay, before you do that, though, let's get a space thing going. Boop, 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 boop. Does the little thing, does this. All right, put it on. Boop, put it on. Now here's how to put it on. And I'm going to tell you this, it's similar to the way you put on the previous VR headset, but I don't know what exactly changed between the two, besides the the rubber around your eyes this time around, is fantastic. It completely encompasses everything, so you do not see the outside world anymore this time around. And on top of that, between the front button, where you can adjust the actual headpiece itself closer to your, your eyes, and then the crank in the back, which existed on the PSVR 1 unit, tightening to the back of your head, it was so easy. It was so simplistic, and it felt really good and instantly. Just like that, I had such a beautiful view like before me. Whereas, no matter what I did on the PSVR 1, if I wasn't staring exactly at one particular spot, I would start to get that 3D weird like vision going on. This time around, no. 
you can eliminate it for the most part. Not entirely. There's always going to be some if you're veering off too far, too much in some direction. But on top of that, the best part is, Matt, is you just push anytime it kind of goes off. Like if you're starting to have to like look left to see the front, you just put your head back to where you want it and you push the uh, the, the start button and hold it for a second and it recalibrates to everything being square and focused right wherever you are. So it was just very intuitive this time around, very easy to set up, got in there. And of course, I already had Horizon downloaded. So I had that already installed, ready to go, popped it on map. It was gorgeous. It's simply gorgeous. Immediately, you're in the uh, the scene that they showed you a million times. You're in the little canoe with the two individuals, and you're just seeing the monsters, well, monsters, you know, the, the mechanical creatures, etc., all around you. And I was like, wow. And it is exactly what you thought. You can reach your hands out. You can pick up leaves out of the river. You can just put your hands in the water and screw around. You can touch the leaves and the, the foliage around you while they're talking and doing their thing. And I got it instantly excited. I went, this is this is just this is stupid awesome. Then of course they had this whole battle scene and you're just watching her take out these these mechs and they're jumping around and everything's going crazy and then the giant uh, the giant thunderbird comes flying over and then of course the giraffe like one comes stomping through. I was like, oh if you can create stuff like this, um this is it. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I wanted VR to be. Then Got into some playing mechanics. And I was like, okay, you just got overturned in your canoe. Get to the surface. I'm swimming. I'm doing swimming motions. And sure enough, it's actually pushing me forward, getting me to where I want to go. I get to the ladder. That gets me out of the water. And it's like, all right, climb. And I reach my left hand up because that's my main hand. And it won't latch on. Okay, reach the right hand up. It latches on, no problem. Try to do my left one again. Left one won't work. So I drew my right hand, do right hand, right hand. I get out of the water and I go, maybe... I don't know, maybe that's weird. Something's wrong. And then uh, your buddy's like, oh, help me, help me. And it's like, oh, you got to run over to him. To run, you got to hold X and uh, square. And then, you, you you know, run like this. Shake your hands up and down. So I hold X and square, and I don't run. It doesn't let me run. Now, the cool and shit part of this story, shit part is, it's not working. What's wrong? Cool part is, when you go like this, it shows your controllers in front of you. And when I hit X, it turns blue. And when I hit square, it should turn blue, but it's not turning blue. And so I'm trying to use any other button. None of the buttons are functioning on my left-hand controller. I push the PlayStation button on it, and it works. I push the uh, the camera button on it, and it works. But it will not register any of my actual buttons. So I reset it, I turned the whole thing off, turned it back on, did the whole thing again, still didn't work. Okay, so then I tried to, you know, sync up with the main controller, then resync with the PSVR controllers to do it again, it still didn't work. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't progress in that game because it wouldn't let me use my left-hand controller to do anything. So I don't know what happened. I went, all right, not done yet. I'm going to keep playing something else. I know what we'll do. We'll load up. Resident Evil's uh, uh, demo for the village, because I own it anyway, so once I figure out how to download the PSVR version, I'll play it. Sure enough, it boots up, it loads up, it goes to the opening screen, it's gorgeous. You're in the uh, the wintery uh, village area, you know, where the werewolves are going to be and everything's going on, and you're just standing there. There's a scarecrow standing there, and you can look around, and you're seeing every all the environment. It's just all around you, man, just everything. And it's got the music going, and you're like, oh, gosh, this is, yeah, this is going to be cool. This is going to be great. And it says, all right, you, you want to set up, you want to make sure you're using your PSVR too, which, I'll tell you this, was weird because in the beginning, it had you using the controller. It was like, oh, it wouldn't work. I had to go get the controller, turn the controller on, do all the buttons to get to the initial bullcrap. And then it said, okay, you're, in, you're through that. Now we need your PSVR 2 controllers working. Fine, okay, picked them back up because here's the cool thing, Matt, here's the cool feature. PSVR 2 uses the the, uh, the cameras on the outside now. So you don't have to take the headset off no more, nothing. You just click the button, and you can grab stuff, and it's easy. So I pushed that button. I grabbed those controllers. I turned them, I said, turn them on, and I said, all right, well, push push X on your uh, PSVR 2 controller. Pushed X. Nothing happened. Pushed X. Nothing happened. It's not registering. Double check. They're on. They're on. They're on. It shows they're on. Okay. Push X. All right, maybe it was just weird because of having to use the other controller first to get in. 
rebooted, restarted, did the whole nine yards. Let me use these controllers, the PS4 2 controllers, to get through the main thing. And I said, all right, push X to go ahead and sync them up. Didn't work, didn't work, didn't work, didn't work. Couldn't play Resident Evil's Village PSVR 2 demo, man. I'm really glad that I'm here to listen to this podcast. <laughs> well, glad and sad because you, ha- you had me. You had me hyped. You had me excited. You had me thinking, man, you know, when you're talking about everything's over here. It was gorgeous. Reaching through the water gorgeous. and grabbing the, grabbing the leaves off the trees. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah. Gosh, as long as he closes this out strong, I'm going to have to buy this. I'm going to have to drop. Hey, we just got our company bonuses. Why not drop $500 on PSVR 2? Oh, I know why not. Mm -hmm. It's because the controllers don't work, apparently. Because something's wrong. So thank you for saving me $500 for this next week or so. (laughs) Well, and then here's the worst part, the part that's confusing me the most. I went, I'm not done yet. I'm not giving up on this, Matt. So I went and got the demo for Drums Rock which is kind of like a beat saber, but you sit down and play drums instead. Did the demo of it. Worked flawlessly. No issues. No problems whatsoever. And then I went, well, that was actually fun. To hell with it. I bought the game. It was only like 15, 16 bucks. Bought the game, loaded it up, started playing through all sorts of metal and rock and roll songs, and I'm beating and I'm going and I'm doing the drums. Everything worked flawlessly. There was no issues whatsoever. This game just played. I had a lot of fun. I wanted to keep going, but I couldn't because I had to get off and do some other stuff. But I get, I played a good hour of it, just having a blast, sitting there in my chair, just drumming away as the demons come flying at me, hitting the beats, bum 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 bum. Got Blind Guardian tunes, Evanescence, nice. freaking all sorts of you know ACDC in there, and all sorts of bands rocking and rolling here. And I'm like, this sucks. You know why? Because now. I don't know what's wrong. Now I don't know what's happening. This game works perfectly with my controllers. So nothing can be wrong with the controllers because it works perfectly with this game. Say unless it's literally just the button. But even then it's not possible because the, the square button worked. And the X button worked on the rock and roll game. And the X button worked inside of Call of the Mountain, but it didn't work in the Resident Evil demo. So I'm at a loss. I was going to research it and see if it's a known issue or if maybe like the upgrade up, updates on my controllers failed or didn't work or something's wrong and I got to do something. I'm hoping that's it. But I have heard many people play all these games and have a great time. So there's no way this is just a just a issue across the board. Lots of people have already played through the Villages game and, and, and Call of the Mountain and haven't said that this was an issue. And it doubly sucks because... You know, this is the first time we're really talking about it. So I wanted to say, well, it is still pretty new. I'm sure there's going to be some, you know, week two patches and stuff coming. But it's been out for like a month now. For like three weeks or so. It's it's been it's been long enough that easy fixes should be diagnosable. Maybe Mm -hmm. maybe you just have to like hard reset the controllers and then not do the update. Maybe that would be something to try. But that drum game sounds pretty cool, but I don't know about $500 for just a drum game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no. You're going to want that village, and you're going to want that freaking Call of the Mountain. So what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to, once we're done with the podcast, get those controllers back on the charger and just let them just go, 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 go. And maybe once a full charge is on them and everything's 100% charged, maybe something will happen if that doesn't work. Then, like I said, I'm going to go research and see if it's a known issue for some people or if something's going on. But it was a, it was just a completely mixed bag. I'm going to tell you, visually, phenomenal. Everything was so crisp and clear. I had zero issues seeing anything in any of those games. It all looked wonderful. And then just the ease of it when, the, I don't know, it blows my mind how this thing was like, all right, we want to scan your room now. Look around. So I'm looking around and it's just... It's like it put my whole room together in this crazy grid. And then it went, okay, we we know enough about your room. And then it was like, boom, here's your room. And it just showed the entire room and how it is and how it looks and then what it what it considers the playing, you know, area. And then you can manipulate that. So if you're like, no, 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 that chair won't be there. You can go in and be like You can like paint it. Yeah, paint I can the paint the borders it. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so awesome. It was so cool. And then, of course, what I did get to enjoy was fantastic. I want more of it. 
like PSVR one. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it, but I was never like, I gotta go in, I gotta play. But this, I went, no, no, I gotta figure these issues out, and I gotta go play these games. This, this has to happen. So I've got it all set up, still just waiting there to go play. Can't wait to jump into it. It's gonna be such a great time, Matt. I'm hoping these issues get fixed so I can give you guys a much more positive view of everything and a much more definitive view. But uh, that'll be for another week, you know? And speaking of things that were fun to jump into and you want some more of, I'm going to talk about stuff from the Capcom Spotlight that happened last week, I think on Thursday, because we recorded early. I can't remember what happened. It's been a week. What do you want from me? Anything stand out for you? Hey, stuff stood out for me. I'm going to start off with Street Fighter Six. Of course I am. Because there's a feature in there that I had seen announced because one of the commentators, well, I, I spoiled it. There's play-by-play and color commentators in this game, and you can mix and match them. And I, I had known about this because there's a female wrestler who is a color commentator, and I saw the trailer for that, and I went, that's kind of cool, but I don't know. I don't like really like commentary in games, and with fighting games moving so fast and, and furious, is it going to work? But then I saw that you have play-by-play and color. And I was like, that's unique. That's that's really cool. It's something I'm definitely going to put on as soon as I get Street Fighter VI. Even though I don't know who any of the other commentators are, I'm definitely going to put that on because it's going to be a crazy unique experience. I know everybody who plays any Street Fighter games, they only like uh, when you play in the demo stage where you have exact footsie space and you don't like music and you don't like sounds and you don't like anything. But for a casual player who's never had anything like this in a fighting game before that I'm aware of other than like Shao Kahn saying, you suck in Mortal Kombat 2, I, th- I thought it was awesome. It got me hyped, and then seeing that there's a bunch of different ones, and you can mix and match them. It's not just, oh, you pick three- Thea Trinidad, and she's the only one. You get her and whatever play-by-play guy you want. just sounds awesome. Well, for me, Matt, Exo Primal is one of these mixed bags, man. You know, I got uh, access to the closed beta back in the day, and then I got into the, the the other beta, and now the open beta, which they announced hits March 17th through the 19th or 20th or something. I think it's the 19th. 17th through the 19th for the open beta. So all of you can check this out. It's you and these cool mechs that re- or totally resemble Anthem, which I have such a soft spot in my heart for. And you're out there just battling wave after wave of dinosaur. And, of course, there's a story of why this is happening, but it's super zany. In the trailer they showed... Doesn't really still make any sense to me, like, why any of this is going down. When you said zany, I'm like, that's what I liked about this. It felt like Earth Defense Force almost. Yeah. Because you have crazy characters, you have these weird stereotypical kind of acting choices that they're making, and then it still fills my heart with joy. Whenever I, when I see that shot of the, the wormhole or whatever opens in the sky, and just a pile of dinosaurs have fallen <laughs> out. Velociraptors and Tyrannosaurus Rexes and Stegosaurus. They're just falling in a big old jumble. And I'm just like, this is Earth Defense Force to the nth degree. Because you would see like ants just raining down or spiders falling out of, you know, the the flying machines. Mm -hmm. So to see that in this, I'm just like, you know, I don't want to shoot a Stegosaurus. I don't want to shoot a big Stego. But when I see just a pile of them just flopping and flouncing all about, falling out of the sky and bouncing everywhere, I'm like, man, I... I do want to play this game. I, I don't know. I do too because they then they showed the case. You know, they got the four different mechs types mm-hmm. that you can pick from. You know, you got your fast, your tanks, your moderates, and your hybrids or whatever you want to call them. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that just sounds like fun. You know, you pick yours, you join an online group, and of course they're probably going to match make you with the appropriate you know selection of mechs so that way you can accomplish each task. That's that would just be a ton of fun to just pop into. And then what really got me was they're like, oh, and if you pre-order, look at this really cool uh, outfit you get for cosmetic for the said uh, mech. Oh, but then also if you play the uh, the beta here, you're gonna get this one opened up to you. And some of these mech suits were just looking super cool, super awesome. I'm like, how awesome would that be just to get into this game, killing dinosaurs, raking them up, doing teamwork, handling business. With these crazy cool looking mech suits. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's looking pretty dang good, but I just, I just can't. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't want to end it on a sour note, but they ended their presentation on a sour note by saying, check it out, guys. We got a season one survival pass. Check it out. It's our it's our in-game battle pass. Yes. And the way they just, I know they meant it to like excite people when they did that, like from level zero and shooting across the battle pass. 
And on the bottom, it's all gold. And look at all these unlocks you can do. All the stuff. And I looked at the top, and it was like, oh, once every 49 levels, Mm -hmm. you can get something as a free player. And I just went, I am so disgusted. Now I really don't want to shoot a Stegosaurus. I was going to shoot a Stegosaurus for this game. Now I don't don't even want to play it. I don't want to buy it. Yeah. And that, that did suck. But if I ignore that last bit, everything about this... Got me hyped, got not like hyped, but like got me smiling, mm-hmm. got me laughing, got me giggling, got me interested in shooting just a, a pile of dinosaurs, a giant pile of stupid dinosaurs flopping all about. I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, like I said, it was a mixed bag from the beginning. I, I saw that. I'm like, I don't want to buy season passes. I'm t- I hate season passes. I've bought several already that I've wasted my money on completely because I never actually got there and used them and, and did the thing. And, Part of that's my own fault. You know, I should have played the game if I bought the season pass, but you know what I'm you get busy and the next thing you know, season's over, buy the next one, and you're like, Well, I didn't even get the first one. We say and they didn't even do the Borderlands three thing where you could just swap your card back if you missed out and now it's time for the uh, I mean, I'll give them props. That was a great system yeah, where you were working on the, the mayhem one and then it can't got to be the I can't remember what they were all called, but it got to be the other one. You could just go in the menu and go, okay, I want to work on, I want to work on this that one. pass now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they just did that, okay, your season's over, but... I can still work on it and get the stuff that I bought. Yeah. You won't get the next ones, but if you want to switch to that one, you can still get the free stuff. That would be awesome. And something else that is going to be awesome, but I had to look away after a little bit of it because... You know me. I go media blackout on things that I absolutely want to play. Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. I started watching it, and, you know, it was showing the intro stuff. And I went, cool, 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 you know, moving objects and interacting with them. And then they said, oh, yeah, it's not just you that dies in this game. It's a bunch of other characters. And you have, like, four minutes prior to save them. And I saw, the, like, the like the four minutes before death, like, splash screen. And I went, man, that's so stylish and so cool. It almost looks like Danganronpa style. And then knowing that it's not just you. You do have to save you to start the game. That's You start off dead. That's not a spoiler. But then knowing that you have to do this stuff with other characters. And, like, it says, like, you know, change the future because you're changing the events that happened. And I went, oh... I get. I can't look because I don't want to spoil anything for myself. There's not much for me to say other than what I talked about before when they first showed it off. I always wanted to play this game. Now it's looking even better because I didn't know about the stylish, you know, ways that you can interact with things, the style of th- the things other than just the characters. Oh man, I can't wait to play it. It's it's gonna be awesome. And just to top that little note off, it was even really cool for me. Is I don't intend to get this, but I thought it was awesome how they rearranged. The music using the uh, the Ace Attorney's uh, music composer, and then on top of that, I don't know if it's the original composer or somebody new or whatever. They've got another arrangement from another individual, so you can change the arrangements in your actual game as you progress through the different storylines and story plots to get different uh, music while you're playing, depending on you know what floats your boat. And I'm like, ah, that's awesome. If I could do that in just other games, other games should do that. Have like. OG and then the new arrangement or just like a synthesized end or like, you know, whatever, new wave arrangement or something. Like I said, I never played this one, so I don't know if this is the case, but obviously you affect like different items throughout the scene. So if it can go, if I can go through and want to get every single interaction in the scene, playing through the scene I've seen before, I can switch up the music and now I'm having not a completely different experience, but at least a fresher a experience tone, each yeah. time I'm going through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looked awesome. That sounded really cool to me. So that kind of piqued my interest when I was watching that particular trailer and, and, and checking it out. And the last one for me is kind of like a, a quick duo, Matt. And that was the Resident Evil chunk in the very tail end there. They showcased the Death Island CG movie. They did this poorly, Matt, because I wasn't sure what the hell this was. I thought maybe this was going to be some DLC or some part of a game or something. It wasn't until I read afterwards. It's a CG Resident Evil movie called Resident Evil Death Island that's coming out. And, of course, they're like, oh, you may have seen Jill in the very end there. And I'm like, well, I sure did. But at the moment, I had no idea what it was. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Why are these characters here? Why are they going to Death Island? They showed, like, a big shark in the water, a mutated shark. They showed all sorts of, like, uh, liquor-type things getting released, hunter liquor, whatever you want to call them, getting released in the water. And I was like, well, this is all looking really cool. But I thought it was going to be a game. No, it's going to be a CG movie, which has potential, but 
definitely changed what my view was on it. I was like, oh, okay, well, this could be 50-50, good or bad. Resident Evil hasn't had exactly a great track record for good movies and shows up to this point. Apparently they did a really bad job of showing this thing off because I don't remember it at all. <laughs> like I watched I watched the Resident Evil 4 thing a couple times because I saw it separately, and, and then I saw it in here, and I don't remember the CG movie thing like at all. I remember nice. it going from like Ghost Trick straight to RE4. No. <laughs> Maybe I must have just tapped too fast and skipped something. A little something. too far. Yeah, yeah, it must have been, I guess. Yeah. Because this was in between that, and then it, it capped off with the RE4 demo being available now. It's a little late for everybody listening to the podcast. I'm sure you guys already know at this point. You can go get the Chainsaw Man demo right now, unlimited time frame, everything. You can play as much as you want, which is really cool because in their previous demos, that's not that has not been the case, which we've talked about in past episodes, if you've ever listened to those. But this one, I haven't touched yet. I, I want to, but I, I just, it's too much. It's so much going on. I'm like, ah! And then to boot, the worst part is I have no space on my freaking hard drive for my PlayStation. I've had to delete games I intended to keep playing and play because as of today, I've had to, you know, download stuff for the PSVR and then this and that. I'm out of room. And I'm like, do I want to delete something else to get this demo? I don't know. Or just play the damn game. I say, I haven't played it yet either. I do intend to play the actual full release, even though it's coming out too soon. Because when they, it's like the twenty fourth, it's 24th. like next week. Mm-hmm. Can't play it, but I do want to play it, and I do intend to play it. But two cool things about this demo: one, which is the actual cool thing, and one, which is the thing that uh, kind of unnerves me. One, there is like a bad chainsaw mode where if you play through it a couple times, it'll like randomly roll on the title screen, where you'll get like the extreme difficulty. And I think you get an extra baghead chainsaw man chasing you through or whatever it is. Because I, I saw a bunch of videos about that, a bunch of tweets about that. And speaking of videos and tweets, what is with all the decapitation perverts on the internet, Eric? I have, that's going to be the title of the episode. Because I, when this released, all I saw were people, A, complaining that the chainsaw decapitation was removed. Oh, it was a classic in RE4. It was the, the one you always see. And it was like, oh, I can't believe they removed it. But then there's a rare decapitation death where if you get a, a hatchet ganado, they, they force you to your knees and cut your head off. And I watched some videos of people, and they were like, yeah, 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 woo, oh, yeah. Like, you're a sicko, and I'm a sicko. But, like, Really? Like it's is that that what? is that that that's the thing that you have to have decapitations? Does that make it? Like it's also like, isn't this a bad thing? You're dead. You failed. It's supposed yeah, to failed. make you feel bad. But you're these people were like, yeah, whoa, that's so awesome. Like I, I don't, you know, I don't. It made me feel icky. Is all I'm gonna say. It is a thing because Dead Space and Callisto Protocol both are games known for gruesome endings and everybody loves to be killed in a weird, disgusting, brutal way. And that's that's one of the things, like I, I, like I said, I've watched through both Dead Spaces. I watched some Callisto Protocol and I love the... When you're doing it to enemies, but when it's done, when it when you're dying, it seems like yeah, I don't like it. Some of it is too like too, it's too much. Yeah, I'm like no, it's my boy. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 my boy, or that's me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get pulled apart and ha- have my arm ripped off at the stump. Ew, ew gross. My eyes pushed into until they pop. Yeah, no, thank you. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't enjoy it. What's with all the freaks on the internet, Eric? I don't, I don't get it. They want to live and die vicariously. Through the video game characters. So they want to, you know, sense and feel what it's like to have their head ripped off. But only in the game, not in real life, maybe. I'm just, I'm thinking of this and I'm looking over here and I'm just thinking, man, you know what I did all day today is I lived a little, as a little cartoon puff man in this beautiful cartoon, bright colors world, just pushing blocks around and that made me happy. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to (laughs) See him get his head cut off by a crazy villager. I don't. It's strange. Two different worlds. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm telling you. Very strange. I was I was just saving folks in Hogwarts, you know, today, just flying around in my broomstick, going, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you out." <laughs> you were you were looking around in wonder and touching yeah, leaves and exactly. going, "Wow, yeah, wow, exactly. what a wonderful world! This is great! Wow, <laughs> this all looks so real and crazy." Maybe I would have been in that world if I could have played Village. Because, you know, a lot of crazy uh, things happen to that. But unfortunately, the game said, hey, we don't understand what your X button is, brother. 
So couldn't play it. So what about you out there in podcast listener land? (laughs) Did you have anything else from the Capcom spotlight that you wanted to talk about? Or are you just a goddamn decapitation pervert? Is that what you are? I'm a decapitation pervert. Love to have my head cut off in multiple ways. I mean, I guess you could let me know that, but please don't let me know that. Especially if you're one of the patrons. Don't let me know that you're a weird decapitation pervert. But send us anything else. Questions, comments, concerns. If you just want to say hi, hit us up via the email, thirdshiftme@gmail.com. On the Twitter machine, at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Hit up the Discord. Hit up the Patreon. Find us everywhere. Talk to us. We love you. We do love you. In fact, we had a cool mailbag sent in from our one and only Steve. Great talking to you. Great conversation over there. I'd love to talk about Maybe we'll pinpoint some more stuff on there and get it in here in a future episode. We also were on the Discord talking to Ryan Peterson and, of course, some other individuals. Maybe his name's Demented Wizard. Is that also the same individual we know? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but it's been fun. It's been great. We love the conversations. Keep them coming. Of course, you can also find us on other places, Matt, like Patreon. Are we over there? Are we on Facebook? Yeah, we're over there. Yeah, we're on those places. We're doing stuff over there. We're having a good time. You like what you hear? Like what we're doing? Head on over to the Patreon. Throw a buck, two bucks, three bucks, any kind of bucks our way. Keeps the lights on. Keeps the bills paid. We keep on podcasting to you forever and forever and forever. And if you can't support us over there, you can do just as Steve, just as Ryan, just as Demented, and everybody else Come to give us mailbag questions. Come talk to us on Discord. Go over to Twitch. Throw a Prime sub our way if you have Prime, Amazon Prime, all that good stuff. Any good way of just helping us out is super appreciated, and we thank you so much for all that participation that we have had throughout the years. Absolutely, we do. And we also appreciate you listening to the very next episode, which will be dropping on or around the 23rd of March on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey... If you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. Just like we appreciate those five-star reviews, I keep telling you guys, get in there, throw them our way. It's easy peasy. doesn't take but a few seconds to do. You can also do it over on Spotify. It gets us up in the metrics. We keep rocking and rolling. We get in more people's ears and influence them to keep listening to us, and then they become part of the cult. And then we can progress further. But we need more cult members to do that. So, you know, five-star ratings, pretty important for some future endeavors that we have planned, like decapitation, maybe. I don't know. So if you are a decapitation pervert, come join the crew! <laughs> with, that, with that call to action, there's nothing else to say but... Sit down.